Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gaines, and I'm here with Simran. Hey. Shock. Started to turn up. So rude. Literally so rude. Go read the speech you gave me. You won, Simran. Enjoy the 5K. I hope it makes you happy. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Simran. You ruined my afternoon completely so you could run on a treadmill. And now I hope you can continue running and shying away from your responsibilities because you have all the organisational and time management skills of Halima Nashir. So Simran, take your microphone and get off my radio show. I went to the gym. Sorry, I prioritised my cardiovascular health. It's not even that I prioritised it. It's just that I didn't think. And that's my bad. I literally said there's no excuse, I'm sorry. And I gave myself a stern talking to today. Right. Good for if you. If that makes it any better. You're your own HR, yeah. Well, someone's going to have to be, because we ain't got one here. Anyway, I feel like we always start every single episode just... With an argument. Yeah, either an argument, <laughs> or if Halim is on, then we're just moaning about the weather. So let's change that. Let's Let's... Let's do the opposite of moan about the weather and i know it's not so great right now i don't know about manchester but this week has been amazing it's been better than usual definitely but it's made me realize that like wow the sun does amazing things to your mood like to be honest with you shout out vitamin d supplements but i feel like nothing i didn't get hit that hard this winter i was like i'm kind of cruising like it wasn't it was not bad compared to other winters however when the sun came out this week i was like whoa that is a difference like i was just so much happier well that's good then that you're not being affected by the mega negative but then you can still get the mega positive i just think like i've had winters where like it just you can't actually see the end of it like especially when we're lucky that it was like this in april normally i guess it's not right it doesn't start till like mayish and that even then we're kind of lucky to have like a solid stint of good weather so now no, i'm no, like i think the opposite i think this weather that we've got now is like long overdue i think normally we would have had at least like a nice bit it would have been at least a bit warmer i just feel like normally i'm like crawling into spring like by on i'm like on the edge by the time spring comes i'm like literally i need good weather or bad things are gonna happen so i didn't have that feeling this time it was kind of just like okay i guess i'm just embracing it and then now that it's like you said now it's better now it's like the mega positive anyway enough about the weather let's get straight into this week's you're gonna sing it for us Bad Vibes Island. You know what, guys? Simran's lack of appearance on this show is truly showing. That wasn't even, like, not in tune. I mean, it was not in tune, but that wasn't even the right rhythm. He forgot the ding, like... But you know, I don't... Oh, my God. Last time I did this... uh, Last time I did a recording with you guys, I did not... I don't sing. You're lucky I even sang just then. Whatever. Anyway... Honestly, the the past couple of, well, this past week, it's been nice weather, but it has felt quite surreal, especially me personally, this topic that we're going to talk about, because, well, I mean, we'll get into it. Basically, what we're referring to is the fact that on Sunday evening, YouTuber um, group Sidemen, who I have been 
a regular watcher of for a number of years, um, uploaded their usual Sunday video. Um, the group, if you don't know, contain, contains KSI. Um, he's probably the most famous of all of them. And during that time, he basically... They're basically, they were playing Countdown. That's like, they you do this thing where they play Countdown and they try to make silly words out of the letters they're given. It's, it's just all a bit stupid. And honestly, when I saw they were doing this video, I was really like looking forward to it because the last video they did was really funny. Um, and it's been like, it was literally like ages ago. I haven't, I never even got a chance to watch the video actually because um, I was busy on Sunday evening. And... Then I just started seeing stuff on Twitter about the fact that KSI had, at the very start of the video as well, had made up the P-word slur for people of South Asian origin out of the letters he was given. Um, Now, the way that he did it was he said, look, I'm not trying to be malicious, but we need the points. And then he said the word um, in in the editing, they blurred, they bleeped it out but they kept it wasn't blurred so you could very clearly tell what he was saying um and pretty much everyone around him was laughing no one like really called him out or anything and then obviously this has got put out and it was pretty much i would say it was an immediate uproar um because obviously it goes on like a sunday evening so lots of people didn't see it it was more monday morning that things really start to kick off and it was like okay yeah this is mad and I remember going to sleep on Sunday and almost thinking it was like a dream because the group are people that I've probably like looked up to a lot creatively over the past couple of years. Um, and I've always kind of thought that they kind of teeter on the edge of being inappropriate, but then they've managed it so well in terms of not um, not being... I'm trying to think of a radio way to put this. Not being idiots. I mean, obviously acting like idiots, but then not actually being promoting any kind of hate or promoting any kind of seriously negative stuff. Um, but for me, I think there are just multiple elements to it. First of all, there's the fact that obviously KSI felt comfortable enough to say it in the first place which he shouldn't have done. And clearly, I think that probably is because he's not educated on the actual seriousness of the origins of this insult. He probably just thinks that it's just a casual, um, off-the-tongue um, insult, which obviously isn't to defend him. But I can understand why that's come about. That's purely due to, due to his own ignorance, but arguably, as a nearly 30-year-old, you should know that. Um Secondly, you've got the fact that everyone around him was obviously kind of laughing and joining in, including obviously Vic Starr, who is actually of South Asian origin. So I know he's receiving quite a lot of flack from this um, for not for kind of like laughing along and not actually standing up and be like, well, no, don't like use that term because there's literally probably his parents or his grandparents have felt the severity of that during the time at which that term came about and was literally used as a way of um, sourcing out, um, beating, mutilating, even murdering anyone who looked of South Asian origin. And plus you've got the fact also that there were guests on the video as well, such as um, Chunks, who 
despite not being South Asian, obviously is Muslim and um, has he he appreciates um, South Asian culture a lot. Like he does kind of a lot of like Bollywood stuff. Obviously, I think being Muslim he and being Somali, he's grown up watching like Bollywood films and stuff. And he's like kind of he's literally got like a thing on his Instagram like um a highlight that references like bollywood and stuff and it's kind of like if you're gonna be involved in the culture that much arguably why were you laughing along at this very obvious insult and derogatory term towards people of south asian origin and thirdly the thing that arguably i think is probably the most concerning thing is the fact that this this will have obviously happened, and obviously I they record their videos like in a certain amount of time before um, that it actually comes out. It could be a couple of months, it could be a couple of weeks. I think it varies, but the fact is that they recorded this video. Um, that obviously happened, and they they've come a long way to the point that now they have multiple editors, they have management, etc., that will have probably seen that video and watched it through. And it just strikes me that at no point did anyone be like, okay, yeah, we probably shouldn't put this out because they, they, they will have like reviewed it because obviously they bleeped it out like rather than putting it in. So they clearly know it's wrong, but it just kind of strikes me that no one thought, yeah, this probably isn't the best idea, like, we should just take it out. Or even if you're not going to put it out, at least maybe make it look like KSI didn't say it or blur his mouth or, like, leave it a bit, like, ambiguous. Or, I don't know, because I think there's been... I think there's been times before where, like, they've referenced rude words and they've just kind of been like, oh that words there without actually saying it i think that's the problem you got him saying it in the moment there everyone laughing around him and so much of the sidemen audience is young male boys there probably is quite a significant overlap between the people that watch sidemen and the people that look up to andrew tate if i'm being honest it's that same kind of demographic of young impressionable male um followers who are kind of purely focused on like um very like capitalistic mindset in terms of like wanting to get to the top sort of thing and like laddie banter that sort of thing um but like i said i've always kind of just thought that they've kind of managed to avoid um being openly um or at least openly promoting any kind of like derogatory terms or hate in that way but yeah i was like disappointed and it, it 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 did kind of, it's kind of ruined it for me. I don't really know what to do anymore, um, in terms of because that there was it, again. This is purely from a selfish perspective, but it's like I would like look forward to their videos every Sunday. That if I'm gonna sit down, like that's the main type of content that I would um, look forward to. Just kind of like eating and watching, just in general. I'm even subscribed to their. Um, their own platform which promote gives extra content um and i think the thing that's kind of like cemented it for me as being like i really don't know what to do anymore is that i went onto their um own platform um 
to see like whether they'd posted anything because I was curious as to like whether they'd continued to post stuff on there and just taken a break off YouTube or whatever because they removed that that video of YouTube and they haven't they've been it's been kind of like radio silence since um and the video basically they do like a behind the scenes kind of video and um for each um, main video that they do and they put it out on this their own platform and the video for that was still on the platform for this countdown video and I went onto it and just so many like they have a comment section obviously and so many of the comments were just sort of like obviously defending um, the use of the word like saying that oh it's not that deep he didn't mean it like that blah 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 but the worst thing was even like people actually saying the word openly again and like using it in like a, oh I can say it blah 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 and I was just scrolling through it and I was just like where is the moderation on this like why is no why is this why does this site not have a thing that automatically for certain words were like halt comments from being posted or remove them and eat especially after this if this video is still up you know that people can't go on the original youtube video to go and actually comment on it and defend ksi etc if they want to so obviously this is where they're gonna come and it was just like a festering ground for like just all this sort of thing and i was just like you know that probably is happening. Why is that? Why is no one taking any kind of steps to actually stop this? If you, because since it's happened as well, KSI issued an apology, which I personally wasn't that impressed by because he apologized, but the main focus of it revolved around I'm human, I make mistakes, and I did that, and I'm sorry. He admitted that he was wrong and he apologized, but it was kind of focused on that I am human and I'm going to make mistakes, and it was followed up by I'm going to take a social media break, which is like, okay, great, but arguably this is the time at which you should be kind of opening yourself up to actually publicly take accountability for this, not being like, I'm sorry, and then closing it off. And, like, I know that he even, like, visited a mosque in Bradford, I think, on Tuesday evening. Um, and the Sidemen, them, like, the Sidemen account posted an apology as well. Which, again, I think arguably it was better because it wasn't like they were, like, we're going to take a social media break. But they, like, they just said, they we, we shouldn't have done it. We're sorry. Which, at least, they're not trying to defend themselves in any way. But I think as well, I've kind of been just been a bit disappointed at the rest of the people that were involved in the video. I don't think anyone's actually kind of issued any kind of personal statement, which I know obviously they've put out a blanket statement through the Sidemen, but I just feel like if it really means, if you're really sorry, then like say it, show it. This whole kind of like issuing a um, PR apology and then just bouncing, disappearing for a while, like it just doesn't feel like genuine to me and especially like I said having seen like what's the happening on their own platform or the thing is as well like if you give out that apology and then obviously all these fans are going to be commenting on it saying like oh we don't need to apologize it's fine the most annoying ones are like I'm um, Pakistani I'm brown and I don't think it's that bad so therefore I speak for everyone I just feel like it definitely could have been dealt with so much better. And I'm curious as to how they're going to actually come back from this. Um, like I said, I really wasn't expecting this. I kind of like 
always thought that they would not teeter on being cancelled effectively because that is kind of what we're seeing here. But yeah, it, no, it, it's just weird for me to be honest. Like, and again, that's from that's from my own personal perspective. But it's just, yeah, I don't really know what to do with myself. Yeah, that's my monologue done. Any thoughts, Simran? I think, without getting into like a huge twenty-minute-long rant about this, the main thing to, that sticks out is just how normalized it is. Comparing it to the use of other racial slurs, homophobic slurs, transphobic slurs, any slur that you can think of against a minority group. In the UK, the history of that word holds so much weight and it's so damaging and traumatic for a lot of people, including people our age. I think people are quick to think it happened before our age were born. No, sorry, our generation was born. That's not true. There is such a long-standing and current history of it in the UK and the normalization of the word and how quick people are to use it and not only use it, but use it so lightheartedly and as if it holds absolutely no meaning whatsoever. I think that is the main takeaway here and it's the main thing that we need to look at because this kind of situation reminds me of something that would have happened in like 2015. And I kind of, not to give that any kind of like blanket excuse, it's not, but I feel like we haven't come as long of a way politically or like, socially as we had back then that it might have been like okay it would have been the start of people you know understanding the history behind words like that in big 2023 i think it's almost unbelievable that we're having this conversation and something like that happened and from a pr perspective if you thought your video had any chance of being cancelled erase it don't don't post it or figure out a way that you could have avoided that situation how that went through probably multiple levels of verification from the internal team and then got posted is beyond me the fact that they reacted people were throwing the word cancel around in the video and then they bleeped it out just signifies that they know how bad it was i don't understand on any level how they weren't expecting backlash and the comments leaving that second video up with the comments open is just feeding into the narrative that the word is fine to use and it's telling young people that the word is fine to use and if we were comparing it to any other slur I don't understand how this hasn't gotten the same level of anger essentially and I think it's important to note that the it's just the history and like it's just not okay it's it's a slur in its own right like you can't outright use that in any context the same way you would in any other word do you know what i mean i think the thing that's interesting as well is i haven't i could be wrong in saying this but i think that the word or that the slur itself is very much a recent thing in terms of it's within our parents or certainly our grandparents lifetime that this slur actually came about and actually began being used. Um, whereas, obviously, not to compare the severity of different slurs, but if we think, for example, the um, the N-word, which obviously is a derogatory term used for black people, I know that's been around for, I would say, at least a couple of hundred years. Um, so the history of it is there, and in some ways, in some ways it makes it worse because obviously it's literally so entrenched and it has such a negative history revolving around slavery, etc. 
But then on the other hand, the fact that the P word slur is such a recent thing and has the people that started using it as a derogatory term, they are mm. still alive. The people that originated this word are probably still alive. You know what I mean? It's just, and it's, it's very much a British thing yeah. as well. I think that's the Definitely. difference as well. Like it's very much like, yeah, the whole culture of P-word bashing in the 60s, 70s, even But, like, I'm later. not being funny. I've been yeah. called it a number of times by, like, white British people. It's still so current. And I think people forget that language is not static. Language constantly evolves. New words come up all the time, first of all. But also words that 20, 30 years ago may not have been branded as offensive are now offensive. And I can think of a number of words that relate to a number of groups that we could say a few years ago and now we can't and that's okay i don't understand this monopoly over who can use a word and who can't use a word no one should be able to use a word if it's offensive i just i don't really understand why we like give labels to these things or like we normalize certain words and not others and this video is a prime oh god pardon the pun but it's a prime <laughs> example of the how easy that word rolls off people's tongues and i just don't think people are understanding in especially in britain the significance that that word holds for sure i think as well you've got the fact that obviously i hate comparing because i don't think that we should compare slurs or comp compare different forms of hate or anything like that because at the end of the day all yeah, of it is wrong i agree but we're not looking in terms of like, oh, this one is worse than this one. But if we're looking at how the P word actually um, is used so laxly, so in interchangeably with everything, I think it's because as well as another thing is that it's very, that because of the lack of South Asian representation in um, mainstream Western music, um, people haven't used the... Um, P word as a um they haven't taken it as their own and used it as an affectionate term or used it as a thing of camaraderie that sort of thing like it's not very common that you will see that in mainstream media i've seen it a number of times like especially since doing this show a lot of british asian rappers will use it um mainly and a lot of the lyrics are kind of like oh this um white um person who's all sorts of nefarious things has called me a p-word like that's that's usually what they're saying um but obviously when you think about the n-word that has literally been took and um since the beginning of hip-hop has been um widespread um in the mainstream um music scene as being used in that sense and that's brought up this whole conversation of because obviously white people and non-black people have been consuming this it's been like oh like well can i say it because it's part of the song can i not and obviously the answer is if you're not black don't say the n-word but that same conversation hasn't been had for the p-word because it just hasn't this hasn't received that scale of the globalization etc of like such common use in in um, means other than pure hatred and i think the actual thing actually i think is reflecting on it now i think the p word has been used a lot more especially in comedic senses whereas the n word just 
for the past 10, 15 years, I'd say it's just been absolutely like kind of no go. Like you shouldn't say the N word in comedy. Whereas I think like the P word probably possibly even now could slip through. It's just because KSI said this on such like a massive platform that that's the reason why I think he's been held accountable. I also do think it's interesting the point you mentioned about chunks and the fact that we talk a lot on this show about South Asian people occupying spaces that we never usually did and a lot of South Asian people in those spaces are now branded as like cool was whereas maybe we weren't a few decades ago. Now we're in spaces like art and fashion, music, sport and all those different spaces where we may have not had such a spotlight maybe a decade ago that people are consuming our culture in a different way to where they were before and they're looking at it in a different light and it's no longer seen as uncool so people having a highlight on their instagram of like this is bollywood or i've taken influence from this song because i'm pretty sure that's one of the avenues of which chunks actually got his fame was from like singing bollywood songs on like i don't know what app it was maybe instagram or something i think also he he did it on him first dates when he went on that like that, that clip went viral as well and i see a lot of like commentary about how people that consume like black culture but are not black don't really have a say over what gets said and what or what happens within that industry right and i think the same kind of stands now that people are consuming south asian content in that you have to still be respectful of the culture of which you're like taking elements from for inspiration or you're surrounding yourself with or you're going to these i don't know a dj event like you're now buying into this culture you should therefore have a level of respect for it the same way that we do for like Afrobeats or even like um white british culture in whatever aspect that like that is do you know what i mean we're not going to go and outrightly disrespect people and it's it's that level like you said about that conversation needs to be had about that word on a bigger platform and how inappropriate it is because otherwise things like this are just going to carry on and you're going to continue feeding into people in that comment section that think it's okay and to be fair every race has people that are going to sit there and be like i don't think it's that deep um i don't know why everyone's getting the niggas in a twist fine okay i i, I don't really understand that take because you should care but every i think every race or minority group is going to have people that are going to take that take right but that is so unhelpful in feeding into that narrative that normalizes the use of these words and kind of lets these words get spoken on a global platform without any moderation or anyone actually flagging it in the in the editing process or whatever saying like hey this is um probably not okay to go on air let's cut this out that's the part that baffles me a lot but yeah honestly like i've had this discussion with other people since this came out and like crossed my mind like again this is just hypothetical i know you're distressed by this but like calm down um i've had this conversation with people as well about how is there any possibility that this was done deliberately like as a way to sort uh, I, I, but then immediately I'm like well no because literally for mm. what reason would you do it deliberately but then that's it's just very bad press I but, understand like oh people say you know bad press is still press but that's very bad yeah. press and I think that's I think that's really bad press for KSI, Vicstar and Chunks in particular and I don't yeah. know why they would do that to their brand image yeah exactly like it's just it's it's mad but then it's just the, it's just so incredulous like you say like that's the main thing 
Like, I don't actually have that much of a problem in believing that KSI said that. Like, I'm not overly surprised. If I'm being honest, it doesn't surprise me. It's not right, and I wish he hadn't said it, but the fact that he did say it, I'm not shocked necessarily. What I am shocked about is the fact that it was put out on a public platform mm. um, that you know is like watched by loads of kids that you know gets like millions of views. And that's the thing as well. It's not even kind of like just like a kind of throwaway because they do so many videos as well. Like they literally put out like tens of videos each week. Um, and the fact that this is their, their their main their their main video of each week, and it was still included in that. I just don't understand. I, I don't get it. This is the thing as well, though. So moving away from the whole KSI issue, the other um, main topic of Bad Vibes Island this week is you've had Suella Braverman now focusing on the um, topic of. Um, pedophile rings and grooming and she's appeared on national news outlets multiple i believe heavily name dropping and referencing um pakistani men as the um perpetrators of the these crimes now i i looked into it and i think it's like whilst this whole idea of grooming i think can't there is significant evidence to say that um the uh, a large number of the people that perpetrate that are pakistani men this whole i if you that that's like kind of like a, a subsection of it when you look at the whole like child sex offenders pedophile rings etc 84 percent of the people that do this are white and it's just like well, why are we focusing purely on this? This is what I mean. You can't use a like doctored set of evidence to prove an, ag- an, an agenda, right? You can't select a subset of your evidence to then push forward this narrative of like, this group is evil. This group are the main perpetrators of X. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you have to look at the bigger picture because I just knew there was going to be something to do with the data that was not really sitting right with her accusations because... And the thing is, you have, it really sucks, once again, in big 2023, 2023, that we're in this position, we're having conversations like this. And I don't think this is the first time on this show we've even spoken about a story of this nature where, like, a whole ethnic group has just been put as the face of a certain crime, right? And going on a platform and saying something like that, they know what they're doing. You're villainizing brown men you're basically saying this is the face of paedophilia and sex rings be on the lookout and it just feeds into the racial tension that we have going on in britain right now anyway and then you can't even be surprised let's say if hate crimes towards brown men spike like what are you gonna do i literally i wouldn't like i said i wouldn't be surprised at all if there is a correlation there if we have seen over the past week or continue to see that because we've seen that correlation before when things come out about the muslim ban in america um hate crimes against hijabi women spiked you see what i'm saying like this like a narrative in the media in the news and in politics against minority groups just weaponizes the majority groups to commit acts of hatred and violence and it's so mad as well because I think because of how much 
attention this has been getting in terms of what Suella Braverman has said um, on my Twitter echo chamber type thing. Hmm. In the past couple of days, I've seen two separate examples of um, white... um, of white child sex offender rings, basically, that have been brought to justice. I think one of them in Wolverhampton was literally, like, 21 people. Like, I'm pretty sure every single one of them white. And, like, I'm I'm hearing about that because I've got people on my Twitter that are, like, retweeting this in the sense of, well, bet we don't hear about this. And they're right. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't hear about it. It's not... The emphasis isn't put on it in the same way. Did we see Suella Braverman referencing that? I I haven't. And I think it's just so bad as well. I'm not sure as to when Suella Braverman started this whole tirade, or this most recent tirade of actually name-dropping Pakistani men. But given the climate, like I'm pretty, pretty sure most people in Britain probably know about this fallout in regards to Sidemen KSI, right? Like... Even even if she didn't, even if she said that first Pakistani men thing before this happened, I'm pretty sure she said it since. And it's just like, so what happened first? This is what I don't know because I think it's all very close together. Mm. But the thing is, I've seen separate clips of Suella Raveman saying Pakistani men. So this is why I'm like, I feel like probably at least one of them has happened yeah. after this. And, and, and if that's the case, then obviously that's like read the room. Like, and also. This whole story about the Swilla Braverman thing is not dissimilar to what we discussed when the Met Police report went out. Um, I sorry, I forgot who's, who who the, who the author of that was now, but the one that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the KC report. That's it. Um, it's not dissimilar to the statement that was said in that report that, re- that there's no consequence for rape right now. There is such little consequence for it that it is basically legal, which I said on that episode is fair enough as an impact statement but the impact of that statement kind of lets people know that hey you can commit this crime and nothing will happen there are no repercussions it's legal which i don't think is a good thing to be putting out into the public eye right what i'm saying how that isn't dissimilar to this is that you saying that pakistani men are responsible for xyz if someone then committed a hate crime against a brown man for thinking oh the people the politicians on 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 our news channels are saying that they're responsible for pedophilia and sex rings if they committed a hate crime against them would they really be found like to be committing a criminal act or a violent act how hard would the justice system be on them how hard would the public be on them i couldn't really see it being very yeah and the emphasis is as well that so the person that actually said that about the um rape being effectively legalized it was like a quote that they the report maker got from actual police so it was the police that said that Mm -hmm. so again the whole idea of like justice system like you're saying like if they're in that mindset as a reminder like the people that uphold the law in any country are also human beings they also consume this same media they also have their own ideologies like preset facets about how they look at the world Therefore, you can't expect every single person to be upholding a neutral or like a left wing side. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, they also have their own, I can't think of the word right now, but they have their own like prejudices, as we've seen many times. But, you know, they they also watch the news. They also know what Suella, Suella Braverman said. Yeah. It's just a big mess. 
And also, honest. talking about racism, uh, football player Lukaku in Italy, did you see what happened with that? No, go on. The whole match... Um, so, I, I believe Italian football games have a history of, like, racist football hooliganism, right? I, I, I believe this isn't the first time a story like this has happened or, like... It's it's basically not uncommon for something like this to have happened. It's not the first time. There was a football game. I don't know anything about football. There was a football game. During the football game, there were lots of racist chants being shouted towards the black players on whatever team it was. Um, animal noises, like just horrific things being uh, shouted at. A black player, I believe, scored a penalty and was celebrating. And I think he said something about like, now like who's basically like you know you guys are being racist look i'm scoring kind of situation right and apparently according to the referee he over celebrated and he wasn't supposed to get like political about what he was celebrating about so they sent him off with a red card and they were saying like the ref's racist the club's racist the crowd's obviously racist and this is just so normalized in european football british football has taken in my opinion pretty rubbish stand on it with their little b-roll clips of like stand up to racism say no to racism that's great um but i think even even by that standard european football is still lagging behind Uh, i didn't even hear about that like how have i not seen anything it's just like how are you gonna tell him that oh you're not meant to get too political about it well if he's not meant to get political about it then what are you doing to yeah. I believe that's what it was about. Yeah, I think that was. But the I think the official reason why he got sent off was he was overly celebrating, which apparently you can get sent off for that. But he literally didn't. He was he just kind of like did a very regular, yeah, not I know, that like, crazy celebration. Like time and in the end, like you're not allowed to take your shirt off anymore or anything like that. Like, right. Oh, I see. It wasn't any. It wasn't anything close to that, right? And then in the end, it kind of kicked off with a lot of the players and the ref, and it, it was like a big huddle of people in this video. And they actually had to, people from the side actually had to come and take Lukaku away because they were like, let's just, we just need to remove you off this picture. This is what's happened. We just have to accept it. Like, it's not right. But obviously the more you try and argue with this is probably the worse it's going to be for you because they're not really seeing reason right now. Yeah, European football is behind. I don't think, I don't think British football is doing a great job. But like I said, European football is behind that. European football is behind, but what football is ahead? (laughs) But that's what I mean. I, I've said this before on the show that when it all kicked off, when this stuff started with racism in football in Britain, a little bit of B-roll saying stand up to racism or someone having it on a shirt or their uh, armband thing or on the little advertising on the side, that's not enough. That's nowhere near enough. Yeah, it really needs to be, I think, again, let's semi go on a tangent, but I think my personal take on this is that more needs to be done in terms of actually controlling the fans that are there in the crowd and making it clear that if you get caught yeah, there doing needs to any be consequences. Kind, yeah, if you get caught doing any kind of vaguely racist thing, banned for life. Yeah, and like, also in football wider, I think also another story came out today of this a similar thing, not in a racist way, happened to Messi, where people were really, really booing him. And I think he made like an official complaint to the stadium or the club or whatever and said like, I'm not standing for this. And it's true, there should be sanctions because I just don't think it's appropriate behaviour, especially when it's fueled by like racism and things like that. But like even in any circumstance, it's just weird. Who cares that much about someone kicking a ball? 
Reevaluate I mean, your life priorities. I mean, that's up to whoever, but I should never get to the point at which you're spewing Rachel. That's hatred. what I mean, but like, don't. I like, honestly, get alive. <sighs> right. Seems like a good place to round things off. I just want to say as well before we close that again thoughts and solidarity go out to all the um, muslims in palestine who yet Mm. again repeatedly find themselves being treated horrifically but especially so in the month of ramadan al-aqsa mosque was again stormed like i think just after ramadan prayers like this is just it's a regular occurrence at this point like and it's just i saw um an interesting quote you've probably seen it um i actually don't know if it's recent or really old or not but it was basically saying like it's not a conflict if one side has guns and the other side is praying and i was like that is crazy exactly and yet again returning to football i think indonesia has had its right to host the under 20s world cup revoked because um of protests relating to anti-israel there it's like, well, in my opinion, given what Israel is carrying out state-sanctioned violence, I would argue that that is probably something that you should protest against, but whatever. Bad vibes globe. Bad vibes world, yeah. yeah. Is that the whole episode? We did the bad vibes of the whole episode. I think that's the first time we've actually done that, which is not a good thing. Oh my god, should we say something positive? Carlos, how was Flo? Oh yeah, Flo were amazing. I was concerned because obviously i idolize them quite a lot and i do really like them no i was concerned because i do really like them and like i'm obsessed obviously (laughs) and obviously you don't want to have your um i didn't want anything bad to happen in terms of like i wasn't that impressed or something um but no they really delivered and even like my everyone who i was with like they were like yeah like that was amazing and it was really nice as well because it was actually such a small venue considering um i think because they've actually grown like since um, yeah since we booked the tickets so yeah it's been nice to see them in this small thing before and where was it it's new century hall in manchester i've never been before i've been to eat there but not touch a thing but it's basically like have you ever been to manchester academy no, it, it's a small room. Like I think it was a thousand people capacity. So no. Wow, wow tiny. Yeah, yeah like it, it was it felt, hard to get tickets? Um, I think so because I I couldn't get them, but then my friend managed to get them. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was so it was nice seeing them like that intimate. Like and it was it wasn't hard to be close to them at all. But I was like happy Aww. being like that. So yeah. were you living your best life? yeah honestly i wasn't like having the best day on the day but like it was still really cool to like i've seen them and stuff and i'm glad that i went and yeah how sweet i'm so happy you had a good time right it is time for agni auntie so for those of you that don't know the drill you guys send in your problems we give our expert advice let's get straight into this week's so my husband and I were making unre- un- unrealistic hall pass lists, i.e. people you get a free pass to hook up with. My list was the re- the usual, Ryan Reynolds, Harry Styles. I wouldn't say that's usual. Uh, Anyways, the, the, the first person he put on his list was Rachel from work. 
Rachel, who he sits next to in the office for over 10 years and travels with regularly for work events. I initially thought he'd done it as a joke, but it's been weeks and he's not acted like it's a joke once. I'm seriously worried he's having an affair with Rachel and he thinks I'm fine with it because this is his way of telling me, should I be concerned? Help. I mean, firstly, yes, yes, be concerned. You should be concerned. concerned. This is a bit mad. Men are a little bit like, men are a little bit crazy. Because the way I take this, this is his way of telling me he's having an affair with Rachel from work. That's what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's saying, should I be concerned? For me, it wouldn't even be concerned. It'd be like, that's that's confirmation. Oh, okay. Okay. This is Um, your way of telling me. I don't know. I would just ask. First and foremost, I don't know why. Yeah, why she let it go weak? Yeah, she's, she's let it go to wait weak. for him to laugh about it. She hasn't said anything. As soon as that came out of his mouth, I was saying, motherfucker, what? Yeah. Rachel, who? Like, what, Ryan, whoever, Ryan Gosling or whatever. And her and his is someone he the knows. She's sitting next to at work. Goes travel, it's the traveling. Yeah. Mm. Some sh- No, no, because to me, they've smashed. Yeah. It's happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not all right because I'm sorry, yeah. If this isn't his way of telling her that he's having an affair, which by the way, if it is, that's a mad, like fix your lips to say, I'm I'm doing bits with Rachel. If it's just him saying that, oh yeah, I fancy Rachel. That's mad because why do you, okay, look, you can't help it. Just because you're married doesn't mean you're never going to fancy anyone again for the rest of your life. Doesn't mean you're never going to find anyone attractive. That's completely fine. But it's the, Auntie, let's be realistic. But it's the fact that it's your colleague who you have been obviously close with, if you sit next to her and you go traveling with her for over a decade, if she's someone who you look at and you think, okay, this is someone who just naturally, objectively, I find attractive or I'm attracted to, you put boundaries in place. You don't maintain that level of like closeness for that long. Find a new desk. But I, like, I saw, I don't get why but people play those games of like, who would you like have sex with? In it. Get, okay, celebrities, I feel like as long as you like, as long as it's not gonna line, happen as long as you set the line at literally just celebrities people you will like probably never meet exactly it's unrealistic but then when you start saying like oh this person from work or this person from the gym or whatever because all nah, now nah, nah, all nah, you nah, gotta nah. do is reach over and you can touch her nah 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 nah, nah. Ryan Gosling how will you how will the how will she ever meet him and then even like say they haven't even done anything they have but say they haven't you know, every time he goes to work, he's looking at Rachel exactly. from across the desk. That's like, like you're that on is... my hall pass list. Yeah. If my wife green flags this, I'll smash. And what's mad as well, yeah, because obviously when you fancy someone, I'm sorry, but unless he's a man of like insane control, which men never are, there's no one, there's no one, especially not a man with that kind of control, his, his like attraction towards her will inform his behavior with her as well. Like, they will definitely, it's guaranteed they have oh, a yeah, flirty yeah. relationship. Work wife, work husband situation. But exactly. I also feel like, let's say even nothing's happened. He hasn't been flirty with her up till this point. Now he's written it down. He's spoken it into existence. And then he goes back to work and he starts looking at Rachel different. It's only like a matter of time till that spirals into being Do you know what I mean? It's such a thin line. Like- but in my, in, the way I would see this, like you said, confession. He's done it. Yeah, the wife needs to, I don't know what she's playing at. She needed to just be like, yo, is anything... As soon as that comes out of his mouth, my first question like, is, what do you, you mean? Say, why didn't you say Emrata, Rihanna, like someone completely... Yeah, my first my first reaction would be like, okay, so are you lot doing bits then? Yeah. 
Like, what's going on? If I'm sitting here writing Ryan Gosling and you're writing Rachel from work, no, 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 no. Yeah, it can't run. It cannot run. And that was this week's Agony Auntie. You can catch new segments of this every Saturday on the show and new videos on our socials every Wednesday. Don't go anywhere because in about 15 minutes, we're going to be chatting to Baloo about his new track, Wild. But until then, let's get some music back on. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gaines, and I'm joined here by Baloo. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. You want to just introduce yourself to the people at home that maybe haven't heard of you or your music before? Yeah, sure. So my name is Baloo. Uh, I'm an R&B artist from London. I'm a singer, songwriter and producer. Uh, self-taught in, in all those aspects. So, you know, it's been an interesting journey. Um, my my music is quite catered towards pretty it, it kind of takes a direction towards more of a dark R&B tone and that's mainly because my early influences kind of growing up were were rock and a little bit more punk rock or even like heavy metal um, and the lyricism around those genres are it, it tends to be a little bit less on the romantic side a little bit more poetic and a little bit more descriptive and uh, kind of later on in the years, obviously, I fell in love with R&B, influenced my singing. And ever since, I've just kind of been exploring, um, the, you know, music and, and seeing what I can do with it. And I think I've nicely landed in a in, in a nice position. Um, and I'm just kind of taking it forward and letting everyone know what, I can, what I'm capable of. Yeah, for sure. I definitely say like, I know, obviously, you've only got a couple of songs out at the moment. But yeah. I definitely I can sense the vibe that you're trying to get and you definitely fit very well within that who would you say obviously you said that you've grown up with more like rock punk rock and now I'm more in the R&B field so just in general who would you say your influences have been and are now oh wow so I'll be honest I've listened to a lot of music growing up um you know while everyone else now I mean it kind of goes back to my earlier influences were like from family who listened to Michael Jackson, kind of the pop queen, you know, all, all the stuff that was kind of popping at the time when we were younger. And then when it was my turn to kind of take a step into music, I decided to listen to rock. It just, I, I was just, I just connected with it. I think I, I'm going to say emotionally because the, the, the tone was that nice grungy feeling and, I just liked the music a little bit more than what everyone else was listening to. Typically it was, you know, the grime, the rap, uh, and even R&B. It just wasn't my thing at the time. So I started off with like artists like Linkin Park, uh, those early 2000s where, you know, they came out with like Meteora, Hybrid Theory. And only later I I found out that a lot of their songs were actually very popular. You know, songs like Numb that everyone knows. um, And, you know, in the end, that those early 2000s, that rock was popping off, you know, My Chemical Romance, Paramore. And this kind of, they kind of bled into the genre of pop rock a little bit as well. But, you know, it was what you'd find on like Scuzz, if anyone remembers those Kerrang and all those kind of rock channels and stuff. But when I kind of, I also wanted to see what the the classics were saying. So I kind of got into the, the older heavy metal bands as well, ACDC or Metallica's. And obviously their albums came out in the 1980s and 70s. And, and um, you know, ones that come to mind are like um, Back in Black. And I think the other ones, Stairway to Hell or Stairway to Heaven. And that might be Led Zeppelin. But um, yeah, I mean, like I just fell in love with 
the whole feeling of rock and it sticks with me today as well eventually i moved on to more r&b artists uh you know usher came out with confessions you know yeah justin timberlake come out with um there was one that was uh, future sex love sounds i think the other one was justified i think it was uh the album that he came out with and uh you know it kind of my because it went well with my voice i think naturally i gravitated towards um the r&b artists over time but i still had the love for and i still listen to all of the genres that i've always listened to um even even today and then i think that was nice eventually then weekend came out with you know trilogy and what 20 we came out with the three um eps which in 2012 and i think he dropped the uh trilogy that all three of them all put together in 2013 so that was kind of the time where i was like okay like this the writing is is a little bit darker it's a little bit it, it, you know it's poetic in a way so i fell in love with that uh and yeah ever since then really you know you've had your party next doors you've had you've had you know over the past 10 years you've had drake do his thing as well and then you've had you know a few more newer artists like xxx tentacion like you know he's unfortunately rest in peace but he kind of combined it all he had that hip-hop feel he had you know the vocals that were emotional and powerful and then you had um you know you just had that rock you had a little bit of a rock um influence in in it as well so that played a big part and then you had post malone as well obviously he's a you know, world renowned cessation at this point but he has those powerful soulful vocals with the hip-hop beats and a little bit more of a you know grounded feeling and that's what I fell in love with and I don't think they were really I mean genres in it's it's hard to really put yourself in one genre these days especially if all you want to do is really experiment with music but if I had to you know it would definitely be R&B or or you know hip-hop or maybe even alternative pop so that's kind of that was the journey of influences and yeah I guess I find myself here now as, as this finished product for you guys <laughs> no it is really cool though because i think someone like myself that would listen to your music first stuff i never would have necessarily thought oh this person really likes or liked rock and that was the main influence yeah. but when you say it it does figure like how you've ended up in this more like dark r&b like the influences are there and it yeah. makes perfect sense when it all, all comes together um so obviously You've spoken about so many different influences, um, but you obviously stating the obvious, you're South Asian. Was yep. there ever that pressure um, or did you ever feel any kind of internal pressure to go down a route um, towards more South Asian um, music? Or was did you ever feel like, oh, I should maybe be taking influence from more South Asians? Or was there that pressure, like, people are only going to take me seriously if I do brown music sort of thing? Or have you always been like, I'm just going to focus on what I like and take whatever I want from that? Yeah, I mean, look, I get it all the time. Um, I get, you know, people always saying, like, you should do something that is a little bit more Punjab. So my uh, background is Punjabi. Um so obviously I, I kind of grew up speaking Punjabi. I can speak, I can read, write and speak Punjabi. So, you know, and a few people know that, uh, that I've kind of grown up with. And I do get it quite a lot. Like, you know, you should maybe do a Punjabi song or get a Punjabi verse on something. And for me personally, it's just, I, I like the idea, but 
it just it's not it's not working at the moment so when I can get it to work when I can sound how I would like to sound on a track and be able to do that as well then I would do it but I don't think I don't think I could do anything really not just that I don't think I could do anything unless it feels right and I'm happy with what's what's put out and that could be never I'll be honest because they would I it would require a lot of practice from me it would require a lot of effort and I am obviously in a I'm kind of going in a direction right now that I really like so yeah I mean you know I I love I love opinions I love feedback I love even criticism to some extent um but yeah I kind of just let everyone know that I'm very obviously I'm proud of being South Asian um but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know I will go into uh doing any South Asian music so only time can tell I'll be honest I want to do it it's it'll be fun um maybe even get someone else to do a verse you know I don't know if you've heard uh you know the Tory Lanes um the Tory Lanes track that he jumped on with uh it's Dilji yes that's it so that I mean a song like that would you know I love that song so that would be really cool but that's what it would need to sound like that's how polished and sharp it would need to be yeah i think that's the um thing is there's absolutely no point in doing something like that unless it feels natural because the worst thing to do would be to do that because you think that's what people are expecting of you and then it not turn out to be a hundred percent and then it does it, it i think it's so evident or it would be so evident that that was like forced and um was just put going with what people want you to do so i think definitely if it works out it works out if it doesn't then there's absolutely no point like rushing to get that done and i think it's nice that obviously like you said you've got that kind of like inspiration as to what you would like to maybe do one day but right now that's not what your like main goal is and definitely that's a like good position to be like quite mature as well to like actually like look at it that way and not just do okay because i think a lot of people are nowadays given like how um fast things are moving they will quickly jump from one thing to another like do whatever's gonna go viral which kind of brings me on to the next thing i wanted to talk about actually um obviously in this day and age we talk about it all the time on this show about how a lot of stuff is dependent on meeting people's expectations um if you want to gain traction do you sell your soul type of thing and make a song Mm. that you think is probably going to go viral that sort of thing like tiktok has been a blessing and a curse in lots of different ways um gotta fight different algorithms all that so how have you found navigating that because um I'm not sure actually obviously you've talked about your influences but I'm not sure as to how long you've been necessarily making music for so how how have you found like making mm. music in that sort of era yeah so it's been a bit of a been a bit of a roller coaster I started making uh music when I was at university shout out Brunel University um and I'll be honest like the reason I started making music was because I, I was I, I found myself in a few mental health struggles um and I needed an outlet and I needed something to do with my time and at the time it was just you know drinking partying um and doing all sorts but like I couldn't have asked for a better release I mean none of that stuff really fulfills you know to the point where you know you want it to it all gets old uh, after a certain amount of time so I, I I mean I guess I started making music 
or not making music. I started playing the piano when I was really young, self-taught, told my dad, listen, I really need a piano. He was like, what the hell for? You know, kind of, I've never seen you take an interest in music. And I was like, no, trust me, I'll play it. So from a young age, I was in my room, just kind of learning, you know, teaching myself and got deep, pretty decent. I understood a little bit of the basics of music theory. And then I got older. And then at one point, random point in my teenage years, I downloaded um, FL Studio, which is a digital audio uh, work, workspace. Um, and, and then I forgot about it. I was like, this, this rubbish is too hard. I, I'm never going to do this. Like, you know, then randomly a few years later, again, and I was at a bit of a low point, and I decided to pick up the music again. And then I opened up FL Studio on this cranky old laptop and I started making like, you know, boom, tsh, boom, tsh, like the most basic beats. But I fell in love with it. I thought it was the best thing, you know, since sliced bread. Um, I was listening back to it, sharing all my friends. And uh, and then that's kind of where it started. And I, I guess that was like six years ago um, when I started now. Um, so, but it's been a slog because I guess I never really had like a role model or someone around me to show me how it's done. I had a, I had like one or two friends who also did it, but they were also learning their ways. And, and I didn't, you know, I was also kind of teaching myself how to navigate through the, the music and what I wanted it to sound like. Cause I had the ear for it. I'd been listening to music my whole life. I know what it, what I wanted it to, uh, what I wanted it to sound like. I just needed to get to, I just needed to get it there. So eventually I actually um, started releasing music quite frequently in those early years. And then I released an album about two years ago, just uh, when COVID hit off. And it was called Kingdom. And it, it's been, unfortunately, I've taken it down from all stores. And that's because I wrote it off the back of some pretty low feelings. And every time I listened to it, and I battled with this for a long time, it was just it was for me personally, it was just every time I listened to it, you know, I, I was over that hill and my mentality has changed so much since I dropped the album that, and and my skills and, and my ability has changed so much since I dropped the album that I just wanted to start fresh. And that's why now there's not that much music out there, but trust me, my catalogue is insane. And I'm ready for probably like the next two, three years, maybe even more to just keep releasing music and yeah just keep keep the fans happy um keep tiktok happy keep <laughs> instagram happy and uh, let the guys know you know that i'm here to stay for sure no that's definitely it makes sense like you're saying in terms of your catalog because i know obviously you've spoken before about how you have had like different names in the past as well oh, yeah. but this this blue journey has only started like quite recently Obviously, you said about keeping TikTok happy. Do you find that influences your music making at all? Or are you not thinking about that? I think that was one of the things that I didn't pay enough attention to when I was starting off is understanding the, the tools that can help you. But you're right. It's, it's one of those things where you are constantly thinking, if I'm using this tool, do I have to satisfy what this tool is asking from me, right? And I'd be lying if I said... You know, I don't think about it. And I think all artists do think about it to some extent because you're making music. Realistically, you want it want it to be heard. You just want that recognition. And you just, you know, you, you think it could, um, you know, you, you think it has an audience. You think you could, you know, help develop a certain culture or let it fit into a certain niche somewhere. 
and just keep you know make people happy and give them something to listen to so if the thing with tiktok is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a lottery that's what it feels like it's you can get you know a million views on one video but then the next one might only get 100 so you have to ask yourself is that really helping you build a fan base or is it more important for you to just be consistent over time so that once you do have a fan base then you know once you do have a big enough fan base they have a nice catalog to just kind of go through and see the journey and that's all i use it for i think for me the main point is journal the journey and whatever happens in between is you know i'll make the effort yes i'll i'll, I'll try and satisfy the algorithm but still use my music to do it i'll try and come up with creative ideas and you know, do cool transitions here and there and add captions, da, 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 you know, make sure you comment this, 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 and try and engage people. I mean, in one, in one of my most recent posts, I asked people to tell me what their favorite anime was. And I just put like a my song and like a nice new anime uh, opening sequence in the background. And that got probably one of the most, that was probably one of the most engaged uh, posts that I did. And it's still things that I love, you know, so it's fun to talk about. So you can be creative with it. But it is it's a it is a it is a challenging journey. I, I I'll be honest, but yeah, you know it's it is a tool. Like the alternative is not to have TikTok and not to have reels. Then what? You know, then you're not reaching out to anyone. So you got to see the positives and the negatives. And I think that's with most things. There's a there's always a positive and a negative. Yeah, I think it is that like maintaining that balance between clout, but then consistency and quality as well. Because I I really do feel like you can't really put your foot too much on either side. Like there does need to be a certain level, even if you were to solely focus on um the quality element of it. Realistically, if you want to gain any sort of fan base, any sort any sort of support, you do need to use tools like TikTok. So yeah, it's got to be a bit of both. Yeah. So, like, talking about this um, journey that you've been on, um, a lot of the tracks, well, both of the tracks of yours that are out at the moment do touch on, uh, well, like, relationships and obviously being R&B, you kind of expect that. Um, when you're writing these songs, like, are you speaking from personal experience or do you, like, imagine scenarios? Like, do you find that, like, your personal relationships actually influence your music? Like, how does the actual track come about? guns so much is the is the basic answer and um by the way you you're the only one that's uh that's heard that the second song so far so you've had exclusive very honored so when the, this goes out it'll be out but wild you heard it yes it's called wild <laughs> but yeah so 100 yes it you know relationships are a key element and i don't think had i not had sorry I think had I not had the relationships I've had and the experiences I've had I don't think that the creativity would have been there so it is those in fact that it's those moments that made me start making music in the first place you know and I gave relationships a lot of power over me uh, a lot of you know they they had the ability to change my mood uh, and put me in a very dark place or in a very positive place that has changed since and you know I've been able to work on myself have the ability to control that aspect myself but at that time you know it was it was tough and those feelings are what I try to 
push through in my music and it's more of a feeling thing it's more of a in that time you know situations were a little bit toxic they were a little bit you know unhealthy is probably the best word for it um you know it's it's like an addiction to some to some extent and those are the aspects where I try to push that through the music because when I do that that stuff unfortunately feels the most natural to me <laughs> um but yeah but it is it is actually about love um you know I like to love you know I'm a lover not a fighter but it's um there is again you know there's a there's a positive and a negative side to everything and that includes relationships and if you go into a relationship without a, a good mindset and a healthy mindset for yourself you know hurt people hurt people so though and everything kind of just converged my love for music those the relationship experiences my history with a few things and you know my desire to kind of break free from the life I was living at the time uh the chaotic life I was living at the time and then it all kind of just converged into this feeling and emotion that now does very naturally come through when I write like I don't really have to think about it too much it's just now about making sure it's catchy it's me it's melodic um and yeah that's kind of where I try and focus most of my energy on nice yeah no that definitely makes sense and I think like you were saying at the start this is such like a good outlet to have like and clearly obviously the talent is there as well because you do also have people that would like maybe make songs and then arguably not the best but the tracks that you're putting out if they have come out if they have if they are the product of um you putting your feelings into music reflecting on experiences etc then that's definitely a win-win in terms of actually getting that sort of release but then also actually making good music as well so definitely whilst i hope that um, your future isn't turbulent at the same time i'm glad that it's too, providing i'm glad that it's <laughs> providing music at the same time this is the thing this is the thing um who was it i can't remember who it is but there's a there's a really mainstream artist who only makes good music when they're sad or when they've gone through a breakup i can't remember who it is i mean there's 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 many in history like yeah you know it's i mean you know linkin park was one of them the guy unfortunately again you know, for some reason, I realized all of my favorite artists pass away. I don't know what's going on, Guns. Like, Michael Jackson passed away. You know, it was Chester from Linkin Park. You know, very sadly passed away. X passed away. Juice World passed away. I'm just going to not express who my favorite artists are anymore. Just, you know. But yeah, um, you know, it's it's sad. It's sad. But maybe that maybe there is a, a, a theme and a connection there that it's some of the most troubled artists that I find the greatest you know and and I, I I do think I mean there's a story there right and that's what I'm trying to convey now as well which I never used to do is trying to try and be a little bit more vulnerable trying to trying to explain what the journey's been like I mean it's been a long time and we all have our unique experiences but being able to put it into an art form of, of your choice and hopefully being able to get that message across and let other people feel it too and really understand what what's the tone here right what's what's that melody conveying what's the what are the instruments and what is the what's the composition itself why is it made a certain way and in the next song wild and which is out now um you can hear like in, in the guitar piece it's a little bit 
unhinged it's a little bit it's not a clean guitar sound and that's it's there to create that feeling of uncertainty and a bit of chaos that's going on uh but then you've obviously got you know the the slightly more melodic vocals over the top trying to keep everything together so there's a there's a reason for why everything is done and that's the art I'm trying to kind of let hopefully let everyone hear now no and I definitely thank you for that loud insight into wild now because we're going to play that in a second nice yeah before we do that like thank you again for taking the time to speak to us today it's been a pleasure um for the people that want to keep up to date with you and your music where's the best place for them to find you so you can find me bhxlu is how you spell baloo um you can find me on all social obviously media platforms instagram it's just baloo bhxlu uh spotify it's just baloo as well bhxlu and even twitter on on tiktok however there's an, an underscore uh just after it so yeah other than that it shouldn't be too hard to find me it's a challenging name but once once it's once it's in your mind you'll never forget it so that's the idea that was Baloo with Wild here on Mango Masala on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth fed radio station. We're out of time, unfortunately, come to the end of the show. Thank you so much to everyone that has tuned in today. Make sure you give us a follow on socials at Mango Masala Radio.